Food Heals Podcast, episode 15. I remember when the movie The Secret came out, mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, The Secret. Oprah's like, The Secret. <laughs> I love it when you impersonate Oprah. Please do that again. Yeah, do it again. I've never Secret. seen him sing like that. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. Welcome to the Food Heals Podcast, episode number 15. We have a really fun episode today, and it's a little different. It's not focused on food. We're here with the one and only vegan chef, Jason Robel. You have heard his story in episodes 7 and 10, and today he's back live in the studio with Susie and I. So when I asked Jason to do this interview, he said his only requirement was that we not ask him the typical Barbara Walters interview questions, right? So he wanted us to think outside the box. So that's why today ends up being a little bit different. But if you want to hear Jason's story, he's a vegan chef, go back to episodes 7 and 10. Listen to those first and then come back to this episode. Either way, this interview is fun and entertaining and there's more than just talking about nutrition today. We talk about life experiences, celebrity encounters, and we even do some karaoke. But first, our sponsor today is the Global Healing Center. The Global Healing Center offers health and cleansing kits, organic skincare products, natural anti-aging creams, and more. The founder and CEO, Dr. Group, believes it is his personal mission to help the world by teaching and promoting philosophies that produce good health, a clean environment, and positive thinking. Susie and I love their skincare. My husband loves their detox pills. My in-laws love all their products. We're just one big Global Healing Center family. (laughs) Stay tuned and later in the show, we'll tell you how to get a discount on Global Healing Center products that is exclusive to Food Heals Nation. Next up, Jason Robel. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. All right, Food Heals Nation, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody, joined as always by my co-host, Susie Hardy. Hello, hello. And today we're here with an inspiring guest. You've heard him on past Throwback Thursday episodes of the Food Heals podcast. He's a YouTube and cooking channel star, author, and world-renowned leader in organic raw vegan cuisine. He's a vegan chef whose celebrity clients rave about his innovative and delicious plant-based creations. Please welcome Jason Robel. Howdy, ladies. Hi, Jason. How goes it? It goes well. It goes good. I just want to acknowledge you. That's the first time I ever heard your intro. And I love the uh, the ethos, the hearkening back to Dr. Dre's classic, The Chronic 2000 with that track. Oh, I didn't know I was going back there. Tell me everything. Oh, yeah. No, we'll, we'll listen to the song afterward, but that's totally like... Um, hitting the corners in them Lolos, girl. Still got love for the streets. I'm that's the D-R-E. I'm a, that's because I'm a 90s baby. So we're going to, that that beat, that ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah. ding, is, the, is almost exactly that song. Oh my God, I have it's to go awesome. listen to the wow. chronic. So since Straight Outta Compton just came out and like everyone's all like NWA and, and Dre. So I'm just have saying Have you guys seen it? I haven't yet. Oh, it's so good. I, I, I want to though. To it is really well done. Like really? I was going and I was like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really into them. I knew of them, but I was kind of a little bit younger than that when they when they hit. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little bit too old for me, but um, it's an amazing film. Like they did such a good job. Well, I want to see it too because I hung out with older folks, so I can recite every word to NWA's "Gangsta Gangsta." <laughs> 
which I'm sure is in there. Yes. That's <laughs> so amazing. I have to see this film. That's amazing. So can all of my best girlfriends from high school. Like we can call nice. each other and we can all sing it at the same time. It's nice. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. I've got some ice cube stories. We can get to that later if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have I some personal to. ice cube stories. Oh, you're, are you guys friends? We're not best friends, but we've done some things together. Why don't we just start there? Yeah. You want to start what there? does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Wait, I don't think we can move on. Past All right. That. So here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 interesting in your childhood when you have like really crazy dreams and they come they actually come to fruition in life. And so one of the clients that I was blessed having here in LA was Woody Harrelson. So I worked on two movies with Woody. I worked on Friends with the Benefits, the movie he did with Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. Very funny movie. And I did um, Rampart, which is an indie movie that he did back in the year 2000. Um, and Ice Cube was one of his co-stars. So Woody and Ice Cube uh, have an affinity for several things I learned, actually. Well, many things. But the two primary things were they both love my smoothies and they both love the finest marijuana money can buy. <laughs> I was going to say. So there were, there were some pretty fantastic uh, uh, evenings after filming where they would come on Woody's bus. So Woody bought like a 1960s bus from, I think it was Chicago. He converted this bus to run on biodiesel. He's got solar panels on the roof, bamboo flooring, hemp headliners. He's got a king-size bed in the back, full kitchen with a Breville juicer, a Vitamix, everything. So oh, wow. when I wasn't oh, yeah. at his house making food, I was on his tour bus that he would park on set or on location. And every single day we were on set, I'd be in his bus, not only making food for him, but whatever co-stars came on the bus to get food. So, I mean, it was awesome. So I hung out with Cube, uh, had smoothies and copious amounts of marijuana as well. He went in a row. <laughs> Did you, know you partake? What I mean? Oh yeah! Oh, you kidding? Right, listen, if if Woody Harrelson or Ice Cube offer you their marijuana, which is like organic Northern Cali grown under the full moon, it's like biodynamic and like a Buddha, Buddhist monk prayed over it. You're gonna turn it down? No, no hell no, hell no. So, hell no. so that's my in, in short, that's my Ice Cube story. He's a really cool guy, down to earth, just really, really chill and fun to hang with. And and everybody I've met through my, I guess, personal celebrity chefing has been just a dream to work with. And the coolest thing is to see that, uh, you know, there's this myth, I think, and, and there's this ethos around fame in the world that there's somehow these preternatural superhuman beings that are untouchable. They're human like us. You know, you see where they throw their dirty underwear. You see the interesting family dynamics they have. And you see they have a lot of the same struggles and challenges that we all do. And mm-hmm. so when I meet a celebrity now, it's like, yeah, you're you're awesome and you're you're human, but it's not like, <gasps> oh my God, you baby. <laughs> it's just <laughs> you, when you work with them, it kind of shatters that illusion around fame. And they're just as one of my great vocal coaches once said, he's like, listen, don't get caught up in it. He just happens to be a working actor. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference between him and all the other actors in Hollywood. He works a lot. Yeah. Did you ever so, have any level of being starstruck, at least in the beginning? Was there I mean, ever any kind of like Yeah, bail? in the beginning there was for sure because it's like, oh my God, you know, this is a person I grew up watching, you know, yeah. as, as, as a kid in Detroit, which was the furthest thing from the vibe here in L.A., Uh, My father was an actor. So there was this whole mythology around Los Angeles, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to move here was part of the reason was really um, my curiosity of coming here as a child to visit my father when he was doing TV and movies. And there was just this fascination with it. So yeah, when I started doing the celebrity personal chefing, there was an element of like, oh my God, I'm in so-and-so's house and I'm seeing their life and meeting their family and making them food. And part of it was, I guess, the intimacy of being in their home or 
seeing these elements of their life that no one else gets to see other than people really close to them. And I love that part of it though. I love being a part of their life for months at a time and just, I don't know, just being a part of the family, I guess. And I was always treated with such respect and love too. So that's um, important because I don't think that exists everywhere. It does. In, every, in, in, every in the famous, film industry. Yeah. Yeah. In not every at famous all. household. No. And, and you know, my whole thing now is, is I won't work with someone unless the vibe is right. If there's a click and there's there's that high vibe and that energy of, I would hang out with you, even aside from us working together in this capacity, if that element isn't there, I just, I don't choose to work with someone. Because, you know, life is too short to be around people that are negative or the energy doesn't click right. And um, I've turned down clients because the energy just wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I knew that it was, I just had an intuition like, this is going to be a tough person. And I just don't want to put myself through that. No, good so for you. I've turned Smart. people down. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about. It's like food heals, but also the energy that you're surrounding yourself mm-hmm. on a daily basis. It's like, is it toxic or is it healing? Is it something you love doing every day and seeing the people every day? Or is it you hate seeing the people that do something <laughs> different? <laughs> yeah. And that's such an important element because, you know, what what we what we put into our bodies, not just the food, but nourishment is in so many forms. It's the thoughts we think. It's the people we surround ourselves with. And one of the biggest challenges that I've had in my life, and I think a lot of people I know sometimes struggle with, is if you have history with someone, even if you know it's in a toxic framework, especially if it's family or a relationship or a lover, it can be hard to let that person go. But you know, the Greeks have this phrase, the ancient Greeks had this, this phrase called ketesis. And ketesis was their way of explaining that if you don't take positive action in your life to make a change, the universe will act on your behalf, sometimes with less than pleasing results. Mm. Oh, that's happened to me. So it's like (laughs) when you know you have to make a choice, right? You let go of a relationship or you leave your job or there's something you know in your gut just is off in your life. And the onus is on you, right, as Mm -hmm. a conscious person to go like, okay, I can either ignore this or act on my intuition. Well, if you ignore it, universe swoops in and sometimes not the result you hope for in the best capacity. Mm -hmm. So that's, catesis is is an interesting thing to keep in mind. So I just, I'm saying this as a reminder to myself right now, there's a few things in my life that are going on that are a little unsettling and I got to let them go. So. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to be said for letting go. And I remember when the movie, The Secret came out, Mm -hmm. everyone was like, oh, The Secret. Oprah's like, The Secret. (laughs) I love it when you impersonate Oprah. Please do that again. again. I've never seen you sing like that. But the point is, is that all these things came out and, you know, it was like this movement, everyone's doing the secret. And then a lot of people basically tried it and they said, well, this doesn't work. And it's because of the principle you're saying right now, it's working, whether you believe in it or not. It's, are you putting the intentions out there for it to work? Whatever it's, whatever you want to call it, the universe, the secret energy, or are you putting something out that is going to make, make you go to the next level and are, what decisions are you making? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it was interesting because she made it this like this thing yeah. and it catapulted into popular culture and then it kind of went away. And well, it's on a lot of websites now. It's like, are you know about the secret, but you don't know why it's not working. Like it's like the next, it's like the, it's like the follow-up. It's a it's marketer's like the, dream. It's a marketer's dream. It's like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Right. You didn't know, but you're doing it wrong. There's, there's something, you're missing the secret ingredient. I think I know what one of those secret ingredients is for me. Nutmeg? <laughs> no, but you know an interesting thing about nutmeg? <laughs> we're going to get, by the way, we're going to get super tangential. 
So a lot of the jazz musicians in the the New York scene in the 30s and 40s and 50s would actually smoke and snort nutmeg because if you actually ingest it in that manner in a copious enough amount, you get high as shit. Huh. Wow. I've never done it. I mean, you would think, well, the chef has done it. Yeah. I haven't, but apparently you get, like, it has opiate effects. Okay, so on the next So nutmeg, everyone. (laughs) Nutmeg. Not, not just for holiday Meg. recipes. <laughs> I think not I just have for some. Should we do some experiments? We can do some lines. You want to? Do some? I mean, we I are would, in LA. I would imagine that it would burn. Well, I've snorted Meg? maca before, and okay. maca burns real bad. But you get a lot of energy from snorting maca. Is this healthy? I mean, I'm here with you now, aren't I? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of into it's, it. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen. You know, it's you. You try different forms of things to see how they affect you, and I've I've snorted maca several times, and. You feel it burns a lot for like 30 seconds, and then you have a real kick of energy. What is maca usually used for in case people don't know? So maca powder is a, it's a, a tuberous root that's grown down in um, Central and South America. People generally use it for uh, its adaptogenic benefits, which means it has an intelligence to it where it can regulate your hormone levels. Um, so let's say you need a little boost of testosterone. It'll help you do that. Wow. Maybe you need like estrogen or progesterone to like come in a little bit too. So there's an, there's an intelligence with any kind of adaptogenic plant. There's just a, a, a higher, higher utilization it has. So for me, I like to use maca, but you can plateau with maca real quick. So if I'm going to do it, I might do say five days on, two days off. Snorting or, 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 or no, do, putting it in a smoothie. Okay. Yeah, I, if I don't just. I had to. I ask. mean, look, you know, when you have nostrils this big, they got to be used for something good. They're not that big. It's, they are. Listen, my girlfriend in high school, my last girlfriend in high school, used to call me Pumbaa from The Lion King. So, yeah. I would never. She's think dead to that me now. Ever. She's dead she's to me. Dead. Now. And she's actually dead because I put a hit on her because I was so scarred. Anyway, he's so gangster. Anyway, straight out of Detroit. Straight out of Detroit. Detroit. I was gonna say Detroit. <laughs> oh wait, there was another point I had besides the maca snorting or um, the nutmeg. Oh, yeah, shoot. before we got to that tangential. Before, after the secret. Oh yes. yes. The, the, oh yes. We jumped. What is the missing? Do you know element? what the missing element of the secret is? Join my e-course now, and I'll tell you. You do voiceover, don't you? I do. <laughs> so does she. You guys are in trouble. Battle so, of the voiceover artist. So here's what here's what I've experienced. And I'll give you a direct example as recently as last summer. Um, I was hardcore manifesting on my book deal. And I had a very specific number that I wanted for my advance. I had a very specific publisher in mind. And every single day for at least a half hour to an hour, I would just meditate hardcore on this. I mean, obsessively. Good for you. It didn't happen though. <laughs> it didn't happen though. It didn't you didn't happen. get the number because you got the book deal. I didn't. Well, I I got the book deal, but I didn't get the number and I didn't get the, the publisher. publisher. Okay. So what I learned was there was an element of me that didn't believe that was possible. Not the publisher, the number. Mm. The number was so high that there was a part of me that didn't believe it. And sure. I reflect back on it that I was doing the work to meditate on it. And I was saying my mantras, my prosperity mantras around the specificity of this. Very specific number, very specific publisher. Mm-hmm. Neither one happened in the way that I had intended or spent months manifesting. But that's because there was a part of me that didn't believe I was actually going to get that number. Yeah, you have So you to. think that's the missing ingredient? Well, that you have to not believe. the one of them, yes. Because if you don't listen, if, if I'll give you an example. Like, I'm going to get a $500,000 book advance with Clarkson Potter. That's what it was, right? Half a million dollar advance. 
going to get this shit. I deserve it. I busted my ass. I've put the years in, 10 years in this industry. First vegan chef ever with a TV show. Not in an egotistical way, just saying like, I'm a badass. I deserve this. Hell yeah. I'm going to do this, right? Just like ferocious manifestation. But there was a part of me that if I look back, didn't actually believe I could get a check for $500,000. There was a part of me that didn't feel worthy enough. Yeah. It was like the ego was trying to overcompensate for my lack of self-worth by like almost like- Being aggressive. Being aggressively manifesting mm-hmm. instead of trusting like, I'm going to get this. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to get this. Like it was almost like an agro testosterone filled manifestation. Yeah. And there was so much pushing for it that I feel like I pushed it away. Well, what's the balance? So, because they always talk about, there's the part of the, you know, people that talk about surrendering, right? Mm-hmm. And like the letting go. Letting go. Letting versus go. the man, active manifesting, asking for what you want, believing that it can happen. What's the balance? You know, it's a great question. I, I wonder about this myself because I often question how specifically do we want to manifest things? You know, a relationship example would be, you know, I'd love to date a vegan woman who's five foot nine or five foot 10. I like them tall, long brunette hair. Um, She's a 34C. She smells like lilac. She's a great Thai cook. I mean, we can get like crazy specific. Mm -hmm. But then if that doesn't person show up, if that person doesn't show up, do I allow myself to get disappointed or angry at the universe? Or do I say, Maybe all of these little minute details aren't really important. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to think more in a macro sense of, okay, this person is emotionally available. Mm -hmm. They're compassionate. Mm -hmm. They're loving. They're an artist. um, They're in touch with their feelings. They're a great chef. And I found that for me, there's a balance of the macro and the micro here. If I get too specific in my manifestations, I find that it rarely shows up with such specificity for me. Mm -hmm. I find that if I hang back, and I let go of those minute details that honestly don't really matter. Yeah. And I think about what really matters in my heart. Yeah. That stuff does show up. And perfect example, I did get a book deal. I got a good advance. I got a great publisher. But once I let go and allowed like myself to go through that disappointment, then the right one showed up. Yeah. That's what I was going to argue because sometimes it's like that, what's that Garth Brooks songs? Like there's, it's about unanswered prayers. And the point is, is like, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. And the truth is, is that I learned that lesson a while ago, Jason, as well, praying and manifesting that I would get my dad to get healthy. And that just wasn't in the cards. That just wasn't going to happen. And so now when I meditate, when I (laughs) meditate or manifest, I ask this or something better for everyone concerned, because I may not know what's best for me, even though I want it. I want it harder and more than anything. And it might be that, I don't know, Jason, you have to get a different book deal in order to get the $500,000 next book deal, mm-hmm. but you had to go through this process to learn something. I have no idea. Yeah. But asking for this or something greater is the best way I've personally found to manifest. Because you're right, you're not going to get all that specificity in what you ask for, but you'll get a lot of it. If you're very specific, yeah, you may not get all of it, but there's a reason for that. And you may not know that reason at the time, right? There's an amazing image that comes to mind when, when you gave that example. And I, I love in your meditation and, and, you know, what you're asking for, this or something greater for the benefit of all involved. There was a, um, on, um, Stephen Curry's this NBA basketball player on the Golden State Warriors. And, um, he's got a really cool Instagram feed as does his wife. And his wife posted an image a couple weeks back 
of, um, and I'm not a hardcore religious person. I'm very spiritual, but, but she posted this incredible image of, uh, about trust and believing in, in the power of something greater than you and mm-hmm. the connection to divine source. And there was this image of, um, this little girl who had this little teddy bear, this raggedy teddy bear behind her. She was holding in front of her and, um, uh, Jesus was in front of her with this he had this giant teddy bear behind his back, right? Mm-hmm. And the caption under the image of, of this was, but, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to give him up. And he's like, just trust me. Mm. And here it is, like, she's got this raggedy old teddy bear. And, you know, Jesus is holding this humongous teddy bear behind him. Yeah, let and, go of this. And that's such a thing of life yeah. of just let go. Yeah. Let go and trust that something greater is waiting for you, right? Because it's it's like— um. It's just, I I don't know. I feel like trust is the big thing right now for so many people. It's huge for me. I feel like that's one of the main lessons of this lifetime for myself that I find that I, it's like hitting my head up against a Mm. wall. It's, and I know it. I know what I'm like, this is my, this is one of my great lessons. I know it consciously. I actively am aware of it and try to release on it, but it is, it is a challenge. I find it to be a big challenge. What makes it challenging for you to trust? Like what gets in the way of that? Or what do you, what do you, what because do you I've not Because I've had trust? experiences where I felt like it's just, I've just felt let down by the universe, by God, by, by, you know, I thought I had trust and then these things happened and then I thought, well, fuck. <laughs> and, not that I could, and not that I could have stopped them myself. I'm one individual. I'm one woman. But it it's almost it's almost childlike for me. It's almost like when I was little, I used to cross my when I was mad, I cross my arms and step my foot. And it's almost like I'm pretty sure I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good move. It's a good move. Um, yeah, I don't I I don't know. It's it runs deep. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the Slovakian scowl. It, it because because the way you, you you did it right there, just like you just yeah. it came out. Yeah, I think that's all of our life's work though is the conditioning. And the belief systems and these programs that got installed in us in our youth. I mean, this is, I feel it's a lifelong endeavor to become more conscious to what those programs and patterns are and ask ourselves, honestly, are they serving us anymore? You know, they're so hard to come to that realization of like, oh, I was not aware of this. And then the choice to let it go or keep it in your life. Well, and it's completely empowering once you realize what your stuff is, yeah. what you're holding on to that you don't even, you didn't even know you were, you know, acting out in your current life, something from childhood, you're currently acting out with your spouse, you know, and once you realize that you're completely empowered to change it and that can transform your present. When you work on the past, it transforms your present. When you work on your issues, it transforms everything. Yeah. So it's so empowering. It's so exciting. When I discover something I'm doing, I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm like, yes, <laughs> now I can change this. Totally. And I feel yes. like that's very appropriate to the t- the time on earth right now. I feel like we are going through a huge shift in terms of humanity. You know, it's like we were, some people are repeating the same kind of patterns in the world, war and fighting and, tra- and travesty. And, and then there's the other half of us going, wait a minute. We don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Peace, please. <laughs> yeah. I and it starts with us. It starts with our mind. It, that that is it, though, because you know, I I strongly feel that everything is neutral. That that our defining of things, our our need to compartmentalize and and put a framework on things and have some kind of meaning and understanding in this existence is what is what makes life beautiful and gives meaning to it. But it really gets in the way sometimes. 
Especially when you're trying to get a book deal, man. Well, but but you think about like any any situation is inherently neutral. Like you think about um, uh, two people maybe ending a relationship. One person's like, thank God I'm free. And the other person is devastated. The situation itself is neutral. It's just two people evolving into a different way of relating. But for one person, their world is ending. For the other person, their new world is beginning. But the situation itself is neutral. And, and I just feel like there's, I, you know, I feel like judgment and expectation and comparison are like the three, the three roots of so much misery in this world. Absolutely. I really do. I feel like, like when we judge other people and we say like, this shouldn't be like, cause we, oh, people yeah. love to should on other people. There's just should all over the place. Shouldn't in the streets, shouldn't in the house. People are just shoulding, throwing their should everywhere. It's like, <laughs> it's true though. It's just so <laughs> it's much. It's totally true. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. Well, based on who? Based on, based the on what, yeah. you know, it's like, so, so judgment really gets in the way. Comparison is brutal. I, I mean, I'm going to do a whole video on YouTube about this, but I was tripping on this at the gym. Cause I, I told you guys before we started, I joined a new gym and, you know, here I am like doing my workouts and I look at the, what a, they have a leaderboard in there and there's dudes in there squatting like 800 pounds. And I'm like, you fucking kidding? 800 pounds. <laughs> you know, and here I am like, I just did a new personal record. I did like 260 and I'm like, I'm the badass. <laughs> You know, and I look on the board and there was a moment in me of like, God, you know, like for five seconds, I allowed myself to be deflated. And I said, no, don't go there. This is not about you against anyone else. This is about you versus you. That's all this ever is, is about us trying to be a better version of who we are from day to day. Because if we get caught in that comparison trap, right, it's, it's a never ending stream of, oh, I have to be this weight. Or I have to lift this much weight, or I have to have this much money in the bank, or you know my my body parts have to be a certain size, or I have to eat this many calories. Like numbers get in the way when we become obsessed and use them to compare. And so I just feel like so much misery in this world is created in our own heads. It absolutely, absolutely is. there's not an intrinsic <laughs> misery on the planet. There's not. There's not an intrinsic misery. It's the projection from our consciousness onto the physical world that causes the misery. So people would just learn how to deal with their own minds and let go of this illusion and judgment and hatred and everything else that's wrapped up in that ball of crap. We'd relate to each other in a completely different way. And so, Susie, I completely agree. It feels like there is a divide in the world of these people waking up to these realizations of, oh, I need to take personal responsibility for what I'm creating from my state of consciousness versus people who haven't had that realization and are still in that phase of being a robot or an automaton Mm -hmm. and just doing what they're told. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping the scales keep tipping toward the conscious side, right? For the you know, fate of the world. They are. Sometimes. You can, you can feel it. I mean, there's, there's blowback and there's people that are pressing back against it. Yeah. Usually older. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like it, it was evolution, right? It, it, it couldn't have happened any earlier. You had to go through the 40s and the 50s and the, the time period up until to get to here. And sometimes I wonder, it's like, oh my God, you know, we've been, you know, fighting. People have been warring with each other. For thousands of years, um, it happens in nature. Chimpanzees go to war with each other over territories, but we're at the point where it's like, okay, can we stop this? Can we stop? Can we just take a break and not kill each other anymore? Is that possible? But I feel like it had to go through, you know, it's almost like necessary evil. Like it had to come to this point. But I totally agree with you guys because the truth is, is if you're judging someone else, what is that really about? It's a judgment that you're holding against yourself. It has nothing to do with that person. Why are you miserable? Figure that out before you judge the other person. Absolutely. You know, and then you have freedom. And then you go, oh, I don't care what they're wearing. I don't care what they're doing. 
I care what I'm doing and what I'm wearing. And that makes me happy. And done. And then world peace. <laughs> That's what follows. That's the solution. Yeah. You heard it here first, kids. <laughs> All right. Well, we haven't gone to any of our questions because this has been so great. And I know we're going to run out of time soon. So um, I'll start with one of mine. And Susie, butt in if you have any of yours. Okay. Okay. So when you were a kid growing up in Detroit, what did you get in trouble for by your parents? What did you get caught for? Um, I ran away one time. Where did you go? Uh, down the street. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I was little and my legs were short, but I had enough of my mom's shit. And, um, <laughs> I was young, I was old enough at three and a half or four to know that I was sick of her shit. And I was like, I'm not taking this anymore. And I remember literally, you know, like, you know, full speed busting out through, you know, the screen door, not busting out through, but, you know, running out through the front door. And booking down the street, and I had an idea that I was going to go to Burger King, and I was going to get some chicken tenders. I didn't know how I was going to pay for them at four years old. But damn it, I was going to go to Burger King, and mom (laughs) was going to pay. I was probably going to, like, do a COD. Like, my mom lives down the street. Just charge her for it. (laughs) Like, I was had this brilliant scheme in my mind of how I was going to get the chicken tenders. Of course. (laughs) Halfway to Burger King, mom runs. She snags me. She's bigger and faster. So I get home, and I had the only spanking of my life. Only time I've ever been spanked um, because, you know, she was scared, you yeah. know, and, and, and again, you know, I can let me get esoteric again. I can look back at that situation and, you know, I could use that as like, mom, you abused me in life, you know, and hold on to that victim consciousness. Or I can go, I understood exactly why my mom spanked me. She was scared as hell because mm-hmm. I tore out the door running full speed down the block. I could have got hit by a car. Someone could have taken, you know, who knows what. So in that moment, she was just so consumed by her fear. She didn't know what else to do. Right. So it's like we can extrapolate that to compassion in, in any time when when other people hurt us. And that's very challenging, very challenging to do when we can just say, you know, look, in their current state of of where their mind was, that's the best they could do. Mm-hmm. So I look back at that situation. I'm like, hey, my mom did the best she could. And Absolutely. it's the only time I ever got spanked. And I was I was a firecracker. I mean, I was throwing out F-bombs when I was really young, but I never actually got in trouble for the F-bombs. That's interesting. My mom just like, and I also listened to NWA, back to NWA when I was really young too, like maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Not about a salary. 10, it's all 11. about reality, reality. You know, my mom, my mom, <laughs> but, but my mom was such a great parent that she always reminded me that like, look, if you're going to watch horror movies or listen to NWA or these kind of things, even at 10, 11 years old, this is entertainment, right? It's like when Ice Cube talks about shooting people in the streets of Compton, he's not actually shooting people. That we know of. Okay. But it, yeah, but but still, it's like that parental guidance of, I remember, you know, people being like, why wow, your mom let you do that at such, yeah, because she let me know what was real and what was entertainment to sell records and sell movies. And my whole thing, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but the whole thing of like, you know, when they're talking about, oh, music is the cause or video games are the cause or movies are the cause of uh, kids being so violent in the world. I think it's partially due to the guidance that children receive in their lives. Kids need boundaries, plain and simple. They need to know someone else is in charge. And okay, like in my family, my little brother, (laughs) I remember like someone cut off my mom. He was sitting in his little car seat and all of a sudden he's like, asshole. And he was like, (laughs) and he was three. And she she started laughing because obviously he'd heard it from my family (gasps) because we were New Yorkers and whatever. It's just words. And that's how we were raised. And we also knew you didn't say that in front of you know, strangers, you don't say to church. Like we had boundaries to certain things and then we had certain freedoms as well. Yeah. You know, my, my family, family didn't want to keep us constricted. 
you know? So I agree with you. It's like, they need to know what's okay, what's not okay within their family. And then, because it's a balance. I have also known those people that did, that did have a lot of constriction, that had a lot of rules. And they, of course, break them. They try to go the opposite way because it's too confining. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Food Heals podcast, where you'll find the tools to become a hotter, healthier, happier you. We'll be right back with Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Food Heals Nation, if you are looking for the highest quality supplements, the most luscious organic skincare, and a brand name that you can trust to be free from toxic chemicals, look no further than the Global Healing Center. I have been using their products for years. Their Parfait Visage face lotion literally makes my skin look younger. And it comes in a beautiful bottle, so it is perfect as a gift as well. And the Oxy Powder Colon Cleanse Capsules are the most powerful detox supplements I have ever use they get everything out and they don't leave you feeling full or uncomfortable the mission of the global healing center is to bring back good health positive thinking happiness and love and they want to help you realize that your body is a self-healing mechanism well i couldn't agree more so i've teamed up with dr group and the global healing center to bring you a discount exclusive to food heals listeners go to their website at globalhealingcenter.com pick out the items you want and use the discount code foodheals all one word for 20 percent off your purchase plus free shipping to the u.s and canada 20 percent off is a great deal food heals nation i love their products and i know you will too you are listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. I do have an important question. Okay. Will you sing Eddie Vedder for me? Which song? You name the song. Alive. As me or imitating Eddie Vedder? As you imitating Eddie Vedder. Oh, boy. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Whoa, she said, have I got a little story for you? What you thought was your daddy was nothing but I can't remember home alone at age 13. Your real daddy was dying. Maybe you didn't see him, but I'm glad we talked. Oh, I, oh I'm still alive. Hey, yeah, oh, I'm still alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So the key to singing any like '90s rock band is you gotta purse your lips like, <laughs> kind of like Cher, Cher but angrier Cher. Yeah, <laughs> like before Believe, like before Believe came out like Cher. If I could turn back time, Whoa. so I've always wanted to see Eddie Vedder and Cher do a duet together. <laughs> That'd be my dream duet. You kind of sound like Elvis too a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Elvis too. That's girl. Elvis. Yeah, Elvis <laughs> actually was the first guy that did that. Right, like, hell, girl. Come on here, oh. girl. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, feels good, girl. Yeah. Yeah, put that peanut butter and jelly and, and chocolate sandwich where it counts, girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah, you I need a, almond butter? I got a bed in Grace, yeah, Graceland's made out of like mocky berry butter and nut butters, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down on a bed of nut butter, baby. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. <laughs> it was amazing. Yes, you're welcome. Food Hills Nation is a judgment-free, judgment-free zone. What, what's one of the happiest moments of your life? The first one that comes to mind um, was uh, I was in the uh, Byron Katie School for the Work back in, in the spring of 2012, and 
uh, the 10-day school was you're immersed in this whole lifestyle transformation experience of letting go of so much stuff. Uh, really raw. I came out really raw, really open, feeling like so odd because you're in this embryonic cocoon for 10 days where there's no cell phone, no computer, no nothing. You're just, you're just doing the work, deep, deep spiritual and mental work for 10 days. And I came out and um, <laughs> the first first voicemail I listened to was um, this production company that I was working with saying, you got to call us right away. We've been trying to reach you. We don't know where you've been. Da, da, da. You got to call us. So um, I called up and they said, we got to deal with cooking channel. And I was like, I, I, I had to like pause because I didn't believe what I was hearing. I've been away for 10 days with all contact on the outside world. And I remember being in the street in Santa Monica after the call and putting the phone in my pocket and screaming at the top of my lungs with joy in the middle of the street and jumping up and down like a little boy, like uh-huh. I had won the lottery, like I like I had just met uh, my boyhood hero, like like I just it was it was a moment of such unbridled joy and 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 triumph, and I I I felt so alive and so thankful in that moment. That's amazing. Just just amazed at this gift that had been given to me. It was such a joyful moment. Wow. I don't know if that's the happiest, but when you no, said that, that of, that's, that's the most recent happiest, crazy, like I was so out of my mind with happiness, I thought I was going to explode. Yeah. Not just like, I'm having a ha-, like I was going to burst, I was so happy. That's amazing. Do you think it was because a result of the work that you had been doing that that was able to manifest? I honestly do. I think I had cleared away so much crap from from my mind and my heart during that 10-day period that the channel was so open. It just, I, I mean, it was just, it was magical to have that happen after doing such deep work. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is just, so we talk about that faith. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the more, the more that I'm doing for myself, the more work I'm doing. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to reclaim the word selfish for a moment. You because mean I, work on yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like the more, the more spiritual, mental, in even physical work I'm doing just to take better care of myself in whatever way that means for me, I see a corollary of the more I'm giving to me and the more I'm loving and giving and allowing myself to let go of stuff that doesn't serve, the more goodness shows up in my life. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in our culture, there's this thing of like, you got to work, 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 hard work, hard work, push, 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 got to hustle, hustle, hustle. But at the expense so often of taking care of ourselves or addressing these deep-seated things that need attention, and we wonder why things don't manifest. I think there's a balance there. I think there's a balance of putting the intention and the work out and then remembering we have to take care of ourselves. And I believe that's when the goodness comes through. So the long answer, Allison, is I do believe that part of that work and taking such good care of myself that that 10 days absolutely allowed the channel for that to come through. Absolutely. I 100% believe that. All right, everyone. So work on yourself and the TV channels will call. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Oprah will be on line one. (laughs) So tell us about your show. Um, So the show is called How to Live to 100. It's on the cooking channel. It's the first primetime vegan cooking channel ever in history. And uh, it's on Mondays right now um, at 8 o'clock on the East Coast, 5 a.m. on the West Coast. But hey, that's what... TiVo's for, right? Yeah, I can DVR it. That's all I need um, to know. So the the beautiful news is, you know, we we made history with that show. It was uh, uh, something I had been spending probably four years manifesting and, and intending that came to fruition. It was a huge, 
triumph for for me and of course the healthy food culture and the vegan scene and everything but Absolutely. we are not doing another season it didn't get picked up again which is the sad news but um i'm actually shifting my efforts after my book is done into um producing a children's tv show so i'm working on the scripts now for a children's tv series wow Ooh, that's cool that won't be actually on tv i'm actually wanting it to be digital because if you look at the consumption habits and how kids are viewing content oh, yeah. it's all on-demand digital content now yep so the next round for me will not actually be on television. It's going to be all digital. But that's where the world is going. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so is the show is scripted? It is scripted. Okay. Yeah. And is I'm it- actually writing it right now. So there's oh, all cool. these characters I've created. And, is um, it live action or animation? It's live action. Nice. Yeah, there's going to be puppets. Ooh. There's going to be puppets. <laughs> there's going to be puppet action. There's going to be humans and puppets together. <laughs> so does this have to do with food or is this another outlet for you? Something else? Food will be an aspect of it, but it won't be exclusively about food. Okay. It's it's going to be about um, helping kids open their hearts and their minds to alternative lifestyles and different ways of being in the world that I feel they're too often sheltered from and that they're certainly not getting that perspective from their parents or their teachers or their clergy or the media. So I want to provide an outlet for an entertain, entertaining, hilarious, open-hearted way of presenting things that are perhaps, I don't know if taboo is the right word, but uh, things that they're not being exposed to in the world that I think children should be exposed to and and start a conversation and open their minds to like, look, there are things happening on the planet, you know, kind, kind of like offering them the, you know, what was it? Was it the red pill in the matrix? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Like giving kids the red pill, right. Of like, okay, we're going to give you, but we're going to give you a lower dosage and it's going to be fun. And it's going to be a trip and there's going to be all kinds of crazy lovable characters that you'll connect with because they'll resonate with your life of the struggles, the peer pressures, the challenges. But we're going to extrapolate these issues on a much broader scale. So that's all I can say for now without getting too specific. But I'm putting my heart. uh, This is something I feel so passionate about that this children's concept is like, I don't feel like I'm doing it. I feel like it's being done to me and through me. Like it's like a God sent vision. That it has to, ha- like, it's not, it's not even a choice. Like, it has to happen. I will, I, I, I must let this ch- come through to the world before I die. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's no choice. That's how passionate I feel about this concept. I, I can feel your passion sitting here next to you, and I love the concept so much. It's something, there's something new about, you know, you form your basic opinions and understanding of life by the time you're seven or eight years old. So what are we teaching kids? So the fact that they could have access to something that could expand their mind, like the red pill, like you said, is incredible. I think that's amazing because it's like you people don't change as adults unless something insanely life changing happens to them. People don't change. So the opportunity to frame someone's being as a child is incredible and not to tell them how they should be, but they can tell them they can decide how they how they want to be. I think that's amazing. That's I love beautiful. It. You said it so brilliantly. That's exactly it's just presenting them with a choice of I can embrace this new way of living or or thinking about life. I don't have to do anything, but at least they're going to be aware that look, these type of things are happening on the planet. So I, I just it feels like a people say it's like a higher calling. This is the strongest I've ever felt connected to that kind of phrase in my life. It's just I, I don't it's I love it. I think it's beautiful. It I'm is really beautiful. excited. You'll have to keep us posted and then definitely come back when you have the show and we'll talk all about the show. I would love to. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring and a it, puppet. 
<laughs> I will. I absolutely will. I absolutely will. Are you will. doing some of the puppetry yourself? I, I am not a master that? puppeteer, uh-huh. but I will be. Do, I will be doing the voices. Yeah. Because I have so many characters inside me, I can and, tell. and these characters need to see the light of day. And I feel like these these creatures, these puppets, are the perfect way to channel that, for sure. All right. Now I want to ask you some of your favorites. Okay. So what you're gonna? It's gonna be quick. Lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning round. Oh, that was good. Do that again. Lightning round. Yes, I'm putting that in. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put some music behind it. <laughs> Do it, please. Yeah, use that. I am. Okay. So we're back with Jason Robel at the lightning round. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One to three words. If you feel like you want to expand on something, you absolutely can, but it's supposed to be quick. Okay. Favorite toothpaste brand? Uh, Dr. Bronner's. Favorite song to sing in the shower? Uh, Sunshine of My Life, Stevie Wonder. Love it. Favorite healthy cooking oil? Coconut oil. Me too. Favorite thing about living in LA? Mm. Uh, The default answer is the weather, but I'm going to save the culture, the creativity. Yeah. Okay. Favorite exercise? I'm weight training like a mother right now. I mean, I'm lifting heavy, so lifting them heavy-ass weights. Where do you get your protein? I mean, please. <laughs> today? Honestly, today? Yeah, tell us. Uh, today, I got it from Hemp Tofu. I did a Hemp Tofu scramble. You guys can see that on Snapchat. Follow me at Jason Robel. Uh, shameless self-promotion. Shameless self-promotion. And then I had just a, like a massive protein shake. So it's 1979 called. They want their question back. I know. <laughs> I get it all the time, too. All right. Favorite place you've ever traveled to? Oh, goodness. Um, that's going to be either uh, um, uh, the bah- uh, uh, Bimini Bahamas um, or uh, the southern coast of Italy, like the Amalfi Coast. <gasps> Love the Amalfi Coast. Yeah. Oh, I just so wanted amazing. to like, I just wanted to like find so- Sophia Loren and be her pool boy. Yep. I just wanted to be like, Sophia, I'll be your pool boy. I don't care. It didn't work out. I was, was I was idea. walking up the hills and there were lemons rolling down the streets. They just rolled I, down I mean, the streets. It's, I mean, that was a place like I I just, if I stay here, I'm going to fall in love with someone. Like mm-hmm. a, do- a dog or a lady, someone. <laughs> I don't care. Or the lemon tree. I'm just going to write. See anemone, oh it doesn't God. matter. Oh, yeah, just it's like a mag- sensual. It's a magical the, place. Yeah. So. Love it. All right. Favorite stevia flavor. Okay. I'll give you brand and flavor. The best, the best is Omica Organics. It's the best taste. There's none of that weird, gacky, artificial. Um, and I'm going to say probably their vanilla. I'm, Ooh. Yeah, it's just, it's so good. It's, it, I mean, I'm telling you, the stevia will change your world. It's the I got to try that because I just can't get behind the stevia just because I get that gacky taste at the end. It's, I'm like on board in the beginning and then it finishes and I'm like, ugh. It's the only one I'm telling you that I've tried. It's the only one on the market that does not have that aftertaste. I'm getting It's some. spectacular. And they I, did not pay me to say that. I knew this was simulated conversation because I saw it in one of your videos. <laughs> <laughs> so watch him on YouTube. Okay. Um, a favorite celebrity you've cooked for? Uh, definitely Woody. Uh, not only because he's funny as hell, but our, our life values and the things that we would in, in, like care about in life are so in alignment. I mean, he's just such a hardcore environmentalist, humanitarian. He's been vegan for 20 years. He, he's... He's so generous and loving, uh, hands down, Woody. And can sure. you get him on the show? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm, 
maybe. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like I've kept in touch with some of my clients, but you know, when you when you ask them for things, it's got to be a big ask. You can just say no. Like a big. I didn't say big ass. <laughs> by the way, I said big Who's ass. Who's big ass? Big ass. <laughs> by the way, Who's big uh, ass uh, we're uh, talking about. By the way, uh, Chris Jenner mentioned my TV show in her cookbook. FYI. Yes. Wow. Speaking, and I don't mean Chris Jenner has a big ass. I'm just saying, like, I'm one degree from. <laughs> Kardashian sisters. That was an interesting segue. It was, it was. But yeah, I got a shout out from Chris Jenner in her last cookbook. That's awesome. Hala, Halva. Congrats. Thank you. Well, now we'll have to buy her cookbook so we can see where to, no. It's in the salsa recipe. Okay, perfect. Oh. She said she didn't know that tomatoes had lycopene and that tomatoes were actually good for the skin because of the antioxidants. She doesn't know that tomatoes have lycopene. Chris Jenner didn't. A Kardashian. Chris Jenner did But then she did and she said, I learned about that on How to Lift 100. So I made this salsa. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That's awesome. Thanks, Chris. Invite me over to Calabasas anytime. <laughs> Calabasas. By the way, do you know the only two words in the English language that have the word ass in them twice? I just named one. Calabasas and... Say it right. Calabasas. 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 That's the two sats? No. <gasps> do, a- ass, do, asinine? Do, that, no. Do, 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 do. Someone who gets paid to kill another person for money. Assassin. Assassin is correct. You win Final Jeopardy. Yay. Yes. So I wonder, honestly, if there are any assassins in Calabasas. I do. I wonder. These are the shit that keeps me up at night. Well, this is the shit that keeps me up at night. There's literally a statistic that says you walk by 10 serial killers a year or something. Or killers, that's not serial very, killers. That's satisfying to know. That's satisfying to know. That's very satisfying. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a lot that's, of serial killers. <laughs> yeah, they may not be. I, they shouldn't be serial. I think it's just people that have murdered someone. Yeah, because when do you get into like serial? How many people does I don't it know. qualify? Does it make let's not go down that Probably road Probably more show. than three. Let's stay positive. Let's not, yeah, let's not go down that road, please. Please. Not today. No murder talk. No murder talk. Okay. Favorite non-dairy milk. Um, uh, Omega Milk, which is a local company based out of Ventura. It's a blend of uh, hemp and flax and chia milk. Oh my God. First of all, the texture is incredible. The, the nutrition profile, proteins through the roof, the omega-3 and 6 fatty acids. But the taste, it's so silky and creamy and good and, and oh God. So Omega Milk, which I think they just rebranded themselves as Beyond Milk, milk I think. But anyway, check those guys out. Oh, I definitely will. I've never Dope. heard of them. So good. Okay, cool. What if someone lives in like a different state? Where What could they get from the grocery store? Uh, like? I'm going to say like uh, for coconut milk, I love So Delicious. And for hemp milk, I love uh, Tempt. Yeah, okay. those are my top two. Yeah, okay. I like those two. Okay. Um, what is the best piece of advice your mom ever gave you? Learn how to cook well and you'll never be lonely. Oh, Love it. <laughs> wow, it's you took that to heart. I very much did. Yeah. yeah, it's that's yes. People love to eat and they love to eat good food. They do. And so you find yourself surrounded by people who love to put goodness in their body and you always got friends, good friends hanging around. Yeah. Good food, good friends. It's, you know, life is a lot more simple than we make it out to be sometimes. Yeah. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever given? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is a hard question, Allison. Jeez. Um, I, th- I, think, I think in general, like the ethos of, of, I guess, my book and my whole philosophy of life is cultivating more self-love and self-awareness. 
And I feel like the root of why people make so many poor, and I'm going to use the word poor choices, is because they don't love themselves enough. We, we've been indoctrinated to give so much love, like to care for others, mm-hmm. that there's almost a level of shame and guilt that's imposed on people in this, in, in this culture of like, you're so selfish. I go back to that as if like, I want to I reclaim the word selfish as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. that we self-focus the resources that we're so constantly giving to others. Mm-hmm. And we give those same resources to ourselves. I feel like that is one of the major core reasons why people don't eat good. They don't take care of their bodies. They don't do the things they quote should do. And I, again, be careful of that word, but you know, those things like, oh yeah, I should eat better and I should meditate and I should, you know, pray more and I should hang out with people that make me feel good, but they don't do it because they don't feel worthy. They don't feel valued because they don't love themselves enough. So my whole thing is like, learn how to love yourself. Because, and I'm saying this to myself too, is like, how can I cultivate more love and more awareness so that I can show up better for the people I love in my life? How do you practice self-love? How do you practice self-love? I mean, the first thing is, is like, I'm really tuned into what my body needs nutritionally at this point that I know what's going to make me feel good and give me energy. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm going to eat and go like, oh yeah, like have that sensual connected experience to the food where it's not just like, okay, I'm going to have a sensual connected experience and feel like crap afterward, but I'm going to have a sensual connected experience and feel amazing after I eat this. So eating well is definitely one thing, but I, I think just getting real with myself about what's working in my life and what's not is a major, major way that I'm loving myself. And when we realize something isn't working, how can we communicate with compassion and respect to other people in our lives? Because it's one thing to go like, you know what? This relationship isn't working. Fuck you. I don't want to be in this anymore. But that's not compassion. That's not conscious. You may have had the conscious thought of this isn't working, which is a loving thought, but then following through and being loving and compassionate in the evolutions of those aspects of our life is just as important Mm -hmm. because cutting people off without respect or love or compassion, I don't think that's the way personally. I think there's a thread through that we have to be consistent. So I guess I'm just like becoming more aware of what works and what doesn't work. And then, um, executing a different plan, but doing it in a loving way and not being so destructive about it. Because in the past I was very destructive about it, like burning bridges and burnt, you know, blowing up buildings like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. But that's really, uh, that doesn't feel like, um, how I want to be in the world anymore. Yeah. That's well said. I, I mean, it's so beautiful. I couldn't think of a better way to wrap up the podcast with that as like the, you know, everyone listening, just rewind that and listen to it 10 times until it really sinks in. Cause that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you come into something with love, leave with love. It's hard, but the results are so worth it. Yeah. And every day, are you waking up in fear or in love? How do you want to wake up? I want to wake up in love. Yeah. Me too. Me three. <laughs> Wake up in love. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a total. Wake up in love. You know you need it. Wake, Wake up, up in love. love. You, you do deserve you it. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
<laughs> Next up, you guys will be cutting an album together. <laughs> we might be after we play the game. I'm scared. <laughs> you shouldn't be because the reason that Susie and I came up with this game is because we watched this little video on something called Periscope, which if you're not on Periscope Food Heals Nation, you should be because it's super fun to watch people do crazy things live. And I watched Jason come back from Vita Vegan Con. They asked for people on Periscope to send them songs that Jason then had to sing on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was so great to watch. It was so much fun. Follow him on Periscope, P.S. What's your handle? Uh, everything is just at Jason Robel, and that's spelled W-R-O-B as in baby. E-L. Baby. All right. So <laughs> here's how you play the game. Each person is going to read one of these papers, and it's going to have lyrics on it. If you know it, you sing it. If you don't, you read it. And then as soon as it's the next person's turn to take over the lyrics, just give them a point. So when I, so if I read to you, I'm going to point at you. You read to Jason, point at Jason. Same thing. Okay, so we'll go like this. All right. All right. Butterflies, butterflies. And whoever is not in the game gets to judge who wins. Okay. So want me to start, or do you guys want to start? You start. Yeah. Okay. Carry my, carry my, no, he can't read of my poker face. I know the song, but I don't know the words. Damn it. <laughs> Doesn't it repeat? Carry my, carry my. And no then what? Poker face. <laughs> love nobody, love nobody. Poker face, poker face. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, who won that round? Allison. Yeah, for oh. sure. I was All like, right. eh, eh. Yeah. Here you go, Suze. Oh. Oh, okay, do you guys it's... have do you guys have deodorant on the table? Yeah, just yes, in case. That's from our swag. Oh, just bags. okay. Well, is that? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Good. Just doing a pit check. Oh wow. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I always love this one. Okay, you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Through all these cities and all these towns, it's in my blood and it's all around. I love you now, like I loved you then. This is the road and these are the hands. Oh, my God. I don't know the verse to this song. Give him a hint. First two words? Yeah, first two words. From Mozambique. From Mozambique. To these city lights. From Memphis not to Vancouver something. Yeah. 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 Knock me down and back out again. Down and down, I'm not alone again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you pulled it out. Uh, yeah. Keep going. I want to hear more. Life is win? a highway. Chorus guy, but <laughs> no. Some of these are in the chorus, and you some guys, of them are. You guys need that button for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Oh lord, oh lord. Wait, no, who won? Oh, who won? I'm gonna give it to you because you kept going. Okay. All you right. Win. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. <laughs> wow. I see a little silhouette of a man, Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. Very, very frightening. Me, Galileo, 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 Figaro, Magnifico. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well done. Well done. That goes to Allison. Yes, it does. That was awesome. notes. That's a hard song to do in karaoke, I'm just going to say. Yeah, it is. I've done it, and the breath control for that portion of it 
is hard. Yeah. Because you're doing like three voices at once. It's tiring. You have to tiring. have like other people and have it all planned out. But who? Ha- that doesn't happen at karaoke. No. Because everyone else is drunk. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Susie, I know you got this. All right. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground was where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of school. When a couple of guys that were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. She said, you're moving with the auntie and uncle and Bella. <laughs> you win that Goes one. Goes to yeah. Susie. Yes, it does. <laughs> Especially because you changed your voice for auntie, exactly. which was amazing. <laughs> or for mom. Yeah. Yes. Moving with the auntie and Well, uncle they did it in the show. That was awesome. All right. I feel mm-hmm. the Halloween theme playing. It's getting dark now. Summer's ending. All right. Oh, I thought that was the song. I'm like, I don't Summer's know this. Summer's ending. I don't know this song. In the living's easy. All right, you're gonna know this. No problem. Let's okay. Connect. Okay. Sorry. Yes. You got this. Don't I was zoning out. <laughs> so she said, "Have I got a little story for you?" What you thought was your daddy was nothing but a... Wow, you were sitting home alone at age 13. Your real daddy was dying. Sorry you didn't see him. But I'm glad we told. Oh, I, oh, oh I'm still alive. Hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm still alive. Woo! That's like a hands-down tie, because I already know you can do it, because you showed us earlier, and you brought it. Susie, you are so good. <laughs> can I give you both a half point or both a yes. point? Yes, yes, I will accept a half point. Um, it's funny, because I wrote the, the notes to ask you that question, but I didn't do these, because I wanted my assistant to do them, so I wouldn't know them all. And I, I knew your put assistant that song did these. Is. What? I knew your assistant did these. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gave some guidance. I was like, you know, Pearl Jam, Brittany. Oh, yeah. I, love th- I love this because I finally get to do this impression on air that I've never done. Yes. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> My loneliness is killing me and I, I must confess, I still believe, still believe. When I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yes. Who <laughs> who won that one? Definitely Jason. You sounded a little like Ethel Merman, so I guess I'll give it to Jason. I was trying to do it nasally the way she does it, but yeah. it didn't come out so well. Yeah. I was like an older Britney. <laughs> yeah, her voice is like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I was Britney as, as her age now. Me and Britney. Me and You're Britney. right. I was teenage Britney. You were Britney, right? You were Vegas Britney. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Britney have the same birthday, so I'm kind of like her sister. Oh, in really? Case you guys didn't know. Didn't yeah. Know. Yeah, we're like this. Oh, wow. So, wow. Just saying. All right, Susie, ready? Ready. I know you know this one. All right. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, mm-hmm. and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see the troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best song. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hand it to Susie on that one. Wow, I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm not a singer. 
Um, no, but you you she brought it. You're working you're working within your means. Baby. Well, you're Allison over- told me about this game, and she's like, "Do you sing?" And I was like, eh. "Do you sing?" I had I had traumatic experiences as a child where I was told by a chorus teacher that I couldn't sing. She said, "Stand in the back and sing softly." That's sad. It was horrible, and it took me years to get over when I and then I finally took singing lessons. I'm like, "Oh, I can sing. I just needed to be taught." I hope she spontaneously combusted. I hope so too. <laughs> into confetti. You I need to into bacon flavored confetti. Yeah, I think she. I think she yeah, has. Jason, so. your show will solve all of this. this yeah, it will it, tell honestly, children they can sing. That's right. It will. Yeah, it will. I don't want to do this one. You can veto. Is it, sad? And pick Is it sad? Is it a sad song? I just. It's too diff. I just told you my story. It's no. It's oh, not. It's okay, not sad. Okay, because you sad. looked sad. If it's sad, it's like it was okay. a breakup song or something. No, 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 it's no. not a breakup song. No. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like I want to lay you down in a bed of roses. <laughs> like I can't listen to John Jovi. All right, I, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better reaction. I like that reaction better. My loneliness is killing me. You put it in twice. I don't know. I must confess. Didn't we just do this one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's now okay, I have going. to do the other no, one? No, no, yeah. Why don't you just make one up? No, no, you do the other one. Now you have to, because here's the thing. <sighs> you have to thing. deal with your issues. What resists persists, Susie. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait that I have to, this is my first podcast I have to rate as explicit. Thank you and thank you. You're welcome, anytime. <laughs> fuck you and fuck you. Anytime. Bleep, 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 anytime, bleep, motherfuckers, bleep, bleep, anytime. <laughs> straight out of Compton, straight out of WeHo. <laughs> oh, all right, I, I can do this. I just, all right. Mama... Just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pull my trigger, now he's dead. Mama, my life had just begun, but now I've gone and thrown it all away. Everybody. Mama, Mama, I didn't mean to make you cry, if I'm not back again this time. As if nothing really matters. Oh. It's a deeply spiritual wow. song. Like those, <laughs> but, the, but, but the intro, like the super, the intro that no one ever sings, that those lyrics are deep, man. Yeah. Is this the real life? Yeah. Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. Preach. He was he was channeling he was some deep. deep shit. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is there any more in there? No. The hat is empty. That's the best way to end. Yeah. That's the best way to end. It really yeah. is. All right. Well, Jason, thank you. <sighs> thank you, ladies. Thank you, Jason. So much fun. I want. It was cathartic, actually. I, fe- I actually feel lighter. Awesome. I did. So hope, thank you. Hope, hope you work some shit out in here. I yeah. did. Yes, I did. And in fact, I need to go to the bathroom right now. So. <laughs> First. Literally work. Before you go. <laughs> Tell us where everyone can find you online. Snapchat. Oh, I thought you were going to say like physically. I'm at 435 North. <laughs> I want your new address hey, published. Would you make some hostess vegan Twinkies for me? <laughs> people knocking on my door. Um, people can find me uh, on my website, which is jasonrobel.com. Again, it's Jason W R O B as in butterscotch E L.com. Um, all my handles are pretty much just at Jason Robel. Uh, Facebook, it's just um, Jason Robel official. Uh, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram is all at Jason Robel, and then YouTube, it's uh, Jason Robel TV. 
Perfect. And what's your special offer for Food Heals Nation? So I've got some pretty amazing locally made uh, organic T-shirts. I've got actually T-shirts for guys, and I've got um, tanks for women that have one of my catchphrases from the TV show on my YouTube channel, which is blend for 30, dirty birdie. Really cool graphic. Um, So T-shirt and a DVD download of my Simple Vegan Classics DVD. If you get uh, both of those together, I have a special link that I'll give to you, and it'll be 25% off if they get both. Love it. Amazing. Word. Word. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for being here, Jason. We really appreciate it. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening, Food Heals Nation. Today's tweetable comes from Jason. If you come into something with love, leave with love. It's hard, but the results are so worth it. If you like that, tweet it to Jason at Jason Robel. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation and use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast. Next week, we've got Kristen Lajeunesse, author of Will Travel for Vegan Food. Stay tuned for that episode. And today, I just want to leave you with a quote from Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants. Do your thing and don't care if they like it. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.